Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. Welcome to the New Warehouse Podcast, where we bring you insights and ideas from the distribution and logistics world. This is our latest in our partnership with Material Handling Wholesaler for their March 2021 cover story entitled, As E-Commerce Grows, Automation and Artificial Intelligence Help Companies Keep Pace. You can check out this article and the March 2021 issue at mhwmag.com. For today's episode, I will be speaking with Craig Foreman, President E-Commerce at DHL Supply Chain North America, and previous The New Warehouse guest, Vince Martinelli of Right Hand Robotics, who are both featured in the March 2021 cover story. Before we get into the conversation, let's hear their top warehouse safety tip. First up, Craig. My safety tip is really about safety being a way of life. Safety should be incorporated into your lifestyle. An example of that would be coming to work really well-rested. It helps with attentiveness. Being alert and awake allows you to be more effectively aware of your surroundings. And speaking of a way of life, Vince's safety tip is something he has carried through his career, passed on to his kids, and thinks of every day, wherever he may be. So let's hear from Vince. My warehouse safety tip is a very basic thing, and it's something actually I tell my kids at home and so on, is... Use the handrail when you're going up or down the stairs. If you slip, trip, if you're looking at your phone or anything, actually looking at your phone while you're walking is is another safe tip. Don't do that. But um, grabbing the handrail is a lot safer than not. I learned that during the time when I worked for Amazon after they acquired us at Kiva. And it's something that every day I can't go up a flight of stairs without remembering this or down. Grab the handrail. It's safer, well-proven. And, uh, you know, if you avoid falling even once, it's well worth it. Thank you to both for sharing their tip. And if you're interested in sharing yours with the new warehouse, just head to speakpipe.com slash the new warehouse. That's speakpipe.com slash the new warehouse and record your own for a chance to be featured on the show. Now a word from our sponsor, Six River Systems, before we get into the episode. Fulfillment demand continues to skyrocket and outpace available labor. To keep up, warehouse operators are turning to flexible fulfillment solutions like Six River Systems. Utilizing Six River Systems' award-winning combination of collaborative robots, artificial intelligence, and operational expertise will make your associates and wall-to-wall fulfillment workflow more efficient. No new infrastructure, no change to warehouse layout, easy to deploy and scale, easy to train and retain associates, all at half the cost of traditional automation. Want to take your fulfillment operation to the next level go to www.sixriver.com to learn more that's www.sixriver.com to learn more the new warehouse podcast hosted by kevin lawton is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution transportation and logistics industry A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin.
Hello and welcome to the New Warehouse Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Lawton, and this is our latest installment in the partnership with Material Handling Wholesaler for the March 2021 issue. Be sure to check out the latest issue at mhwmag.com. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, my guests today are Craig Foreman, who is the president e-commerce at DHL Supply Chain North America, and Vince Martinelli, who is the head of product and marketing for Right Hand Robotics. We're going to dive into e-commerce and hear about how DHL Supply Chain has been handling the recent spikes from Craig and get some insight onto how Right Hand Robotics has been able to help some organizations keep up with the demand. I have had some personal experience working with DHL Supply Chain at a previous job, but let's hear from Craig on what exactly DHL Supply Chain does and a little bit about the e-commerce arm of their business. Sure. I mean, mean, DHL is obviously a very large organization and many facets of logistics, but Mm -hmm. uh, the supply chain division is is really focused on your traditional third-party logistics elements. We're doing contract logistics for distribution, transportation, warehousing, packaging, and uh, and e-commerce. So we're actually the ones operating the fulfillment centers Mm -hmm. uh, and warehouses and and dedicated fleets and such for our customers. And the e-commerce piece of things is uh, is an interesting element that we did last year where we decided within supply chain in North America to to carve out a specific sector or uh, business to go and focus on that uh, on that area of the industry in a more in a more targeted way mm-hmm. and build a team uh, specifically focused on that business just because it's it is such a uh, booming part of our economy and industry and, right. and uh, changing the way that people are uh, behaving across the world so we actually were doing that change when the lockdown for the pandemic hit <laughs> so our timing couldn't have been any better the timing like you mentioned it, you guys made the decision you said within the last year so it sounds like just as the pandemic was almost about to happen so now i'm curious and you yourself became president of e-commerce i saw like right after the pandemic started happening so i'm, I'm sure that yeah. was that was <laughs> an interesting uh move there so why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of the the impact the pandemic has had on e-commerce from from a DHL perspective? We've been focused in, in e-commerce here in North America for close to 15 years we've been doing it. And I've been part of that journey for a long time. So, you know, the, the change that we made in our in our organizational structure was really just taking a team that was already looking at it, but but calling it out specifically to to, mm. to create clearer lines of focus. And and as you mentioned, the timing was unique as the as the industry went through a pretty material shift with the pandemic, and and the impact for us DHL really wasn't any different than the than the impact seen across the entire industry. And, and that's just that people were forced to change their buying behaviors at a rate that uh, nobody could have forecasted or, or anticipated. I saw an article the other day that was published that stated that last year, the e-commerce industry saw seven years of growth in one year, wow. uh, seven years of expected growth in one year. And that's exactly what we're seeing take place across the industry. And the reality is in e-commerce fulfillment, uh, side of things and um, you know on the supply chain side for e-commerce is it is the one piece of supply chain business that has such an immediate impact in what we do based on how consumers and people react and change at home the weather can impact what we have to do in a building you know in a in a 15 20 minute period you know people are shopping or start shopping because it's raining they go inside they get on there 
mobile device and start shopping. Like, you know, our orders are going up, you know, 15% versus what was, uh, what it was the previous hour. And when you start looking at those microcosm of impacts of consumer behavior, and then put on a global pandemic on top of that, that's the, the ramifications of what we have to do within e-commerce fulfillment and, and delivery was just exploded. And, I think the industry as a whole handled it very well. There was a great deal of adjustment that took place for everybody and, you know, including going through a peak season in the middle of pandemic, which is peak seasons are a challenge enough, but doing it through a pandemic was another big thing. But I think the industry went through it well. I, I know my team at DHL went through it extremely well, really proud of what our team was able to accomplish and, and manage through and the service we were able to provide for our customers was, was just excellent. Definitely a big impact on the industry as a whole when it comes to the pandemic. And I love the insight provided there about how even just the rain can shift consumer demand to e-commerce. It is truly an immediate impact on this aspect of the supply chain and definitely agree that the industry has been able to help companies survive and keep up with demand. Let's switch gears for a bit and hear a little bit about Right Hand Robotics from Vince. So at Right Hand Robotics, we built a data-driven, intelligent picking platform. Basically brings robotic item handling into the warehouse. Mm -hmm. And what that means for operators is predictable order fulfillment, a machine that reliably executes uh, the task of moving items from one container to another in a warehouse. Great way to put it. It's a really cool solution as well. ProMan, I think, was the first time I saw it in 2019. Seems like forever ago with the past year. It's very cool and it's really innovative as well. So what have you seen happening on your end with e-commerce due to the pandemic? I think the other thing we see, Kevin, by the way, and you've probably you know, heard the same thing from others or see the same reports, but yeah. as a stickiness, I guess, as the pandemic continues, mm. Uh, the spike in e-commerce demand isn't going away anytime soon. People are getting more comfortable with ordering online and getting delivery or curbside pickup. And uh, even for things like grocery that traditionally had been a pretty low percentage of, uh, of business, I, I myself read and see evidence and even how we live our lives here in my house, you know, the, the uptick I think is going to stick more so than it might have if it had been a temporary one to three month sort of situation. So I think it's, you know, that's just the reality of it. And everyone is trying to adapt to it in different ways. We'll be back after a quick break. You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, definitely. And I agree about the stickiness there, as you said, because personal example, just like, you know, you said, I've changed some ways that I do think because we had to and there's, you know, there's not a physical place to go to like grocery and getting home delivery grocery. I think people are just like, oh, it it is easier now that they figured it out. So like, why, why are they going to go back? 
uh, ironically, my kids are 11 and 13 and just getting to the point where I don't know, there was a certain aspect of going to the store that was fun for them, you know? So yeah. sometimes we make a side trip. It almost doesn't matter what store or what purpose, but they like to go into stores. <laughs> so <laughs> there's something we need. Again, we're not doing this frivolously and we wear masks and all that, but uh, sometimes a little side trip to the store is, uh, is so fun for the kids. There's something about that experience too. I mean, brick and mortar, I don't think, you know, it, it's not going to completely go away. Anytime soon, it may reinvent itself over the next, I don't know, five, ten years in a lot of ways. But people like to get out, too. And there's something to be said for that. So. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think the brick-and-mortar experience is going gonna, is gonna to remain, but the experience is going gonna, is gonna to change a little bit. And I, I think that's a, that's a really cool point about your kids because I think maybe, you know, the idea of going to the brick-and-mortar store now will probably become more of like a, a trip, right? Instead of like yeah. a, a chore, maybe if to uh, some people. Yeah. Now uh, I'm curious from your perspective, Craig, with these consumer behavior changes and increased demand on e-commerce operations, what have been some challenges for DHL? Yeah, there, I, there's probably three key categories there that I, I would say the first is just employee safety and okay. being able to stabilize our teams and create uh, work environments that everybody felt safe and secure and, and we weren't increasing their risk. Right. And and I think that there was so much work that went into that so fast so that we could run those businesses as hard as we needed to for our customers in environments that in a way was safer than anywhere else they were going in their personal lives outside of uh, what they you know, staying at home. And, you know, that that resonated through the course of the year, which allowed us to, you know, be successful, you know, up and still up until this point with it. And when we, when we realized that all this was going on and that there's going to be an impact, the smartest thing we did was, was focus there first. So, you know, that was kind of the first impact and focus and, and our team reacted very well to, to that. Uh, I think the other impact was around forecasting, you know, as we talked about consumer behavior being what it is in, in the e-commerce world, you know, there weren't any, there was no historical data to allow forecasting of what was going to happen and what we need to be prepared for to give us a roadmap on what reality was going to be for us. So, um, you know, and that forecasting has a ripple effect, not just on what do we need to do in our fulfillment centers, but also on inventory sourcing. And do we have the, you know, do our customers have the right product in the buildings in the right places? And there's just a ripple effect across the supply chain on, on that forecasting, even in the apparel business, even if you're, you know, good at understanding how much more volume you were going to be shipping through the pandemic, you probably didn't have the right inventory in there because people weren't going out. So they were buying things with elastic bands, not zippers and buttons. And so, uh, you know, if you didn't have, if you didn't have that, that right calibration or the reaction to that, um, you know, that was, that, that was a tough uh, deal to walk through. But again, people reacted as they started understanding those, those trends very quickly. Yeah. Um, big impact is, is just really around what does technology do for us? Mm-hmm. And when you're in situations like that and historically, I think when you look back at technology mechanization, you know, automation mechanization and a lot of things you bolt down to the floor yeah. uh, and uh, that always created efficiency and throughput. And at some point in time also helped with quality, but it also created an inflexibility. Mm. Uh, to people's businesses. When you go through such a shape shifting that we went through in such a short period of time in the e-commerce industry, for some reasons, in some ways, that could have created constraints. If you had 
automation profile for the wrong business because everybody's business you know went through adjustments right. in, in some cases it worked out well for for some uh for some people but in others it, it did create physical constraints that they couldn't get around and and I think that's one of the exciting things about a lot of the technology that's coming into play for us is mm-hmm. it's not only creating efficiency, but it's also creating some flexibility in, in how we ramp and how we can adjust to consumer behavior. I want to take a quick break to tell you about Variable and the new solution for on-demand labor. With demand always changing, why is your headcount always staying the same? If you're bottlenecked and overpaying for labor, your business can't keep up, much less scale. You can change that starting right now with Variable's on-demand labor platform. Post your work today and have bids from workers within hours. You'll be breezing through your backlog in no time with the help of the performance-rated workers you select. There's no volume commitments or term agreements, and you pay only for what you use. Post your first opportunity today at variableops.com slash the new warehouse. That's V-E-R-Y-A-B-L-E-O-P-S dot com slash the new warehouse. Now back to the show. Yeah, exactly. And I think you have a really interesting point there about, you know, the flexibility of those technologies and the automation. And you mentioned to use the word bolt to the floor, right? Or bolt on, right? So, mm-hmm. so that even comes into play with the first challenge that you mentioned with, with safety, right? Because you need to have uh, social distance now and you're, you're looking at now you need to put these operating areas, workstations, they need to be further apart maybe or something of that nature. So so the flexibility definitely is a, is a key. And looking for the flexibility, I'm sure has certainly created a higher demand for technologies that can provide that like right-hand robotic solution. So Vince, have you seen an increase in demand for your solutions? I think what we've experienced similar to other people in automation, uh, somewhere early in 2020, of course, everything kind of went on pause. And then as you got maybe through the summer, people start looking ahead and thinking about how they might automate in the future. You know, again, if they were thinking about it, it could accelerate the process or elevate the importance of it strategically. Again, we're not entirely out of the woods yet with the, with the pandemic, right? So it's kind of a mixed bag. I mean, obviously we're not happy that the pandemic is lasting a long time, right? But, so a little bit of a mixed bag early on, you know, major retailers, some of them had to close stores or pause or shut down operations, maybe put capital projects on hold. Then as time has gone on, people are looking and saying, okay, if the picking robots are ready and can help, they're one part of the puzzle. I, I may have some autonomous robots. I may you know, upgrade to an ASRS, all kinds of different ways you can automate a warehouse. But the picking robot has become a part of the story. I think we saw some acquisitions in the past year, mm. you know, as, as people see the value of the technology and how it's maturing. It's still relatively young. It's only been four years or so since the first systems. Again, Right Hand was among those uh, early innovators launching systems into the market. So it's still relatively young in this technology adoption curve. Interesting. I think that everyone was unsure of how the pandemic would play out, but I think there is the realization that things will be staying like this from a consumer behavior perspective, at least for the long haul now. So it is time to start investing in some solutions to to keep up. So Craig, from DHL side, what types of technologies have you guys invested in to help keep up with the new spike in demand? 
I think, again, there's probably categories for that. We deem it as accelerated digitization. It's the terms that we use in our organization. And we have created a, a very large infrastructure to go after not just identifying, but then validating and, and trialing and, and implementing uh, new technology in our business at, at a tremendously rapid pace over the last 18 months. Mm-hmm. We're gaining so much momentum that what, we're, what we'll be accomplishing over the next couple of years is, is really exciting. And, and it's coming in many different uh, ways. I mean, I think that we're seeing it in you know, autonomous equipment as a big piece of it. Where, where can we have equipment do what it needs to do and have people do what, it, what they need to do? Right. And, and I think that's a big piece of it. Collaborative robots is another piece where we're doing a lot of work We've got uh, a lot of implementations of different robotics like Locus is a, is a big example yeah, where we've done a great deal of implementations of those. And I would say that you know, those, those implementations where we thought we were going to have material benefit when we went through peak season last year, mm. we materially underestimated the value and it was even better than we anticipated, which is, you know, really creates excitement around those types of technologies, what it does for for us on a number of fronts, not just the efficiency, but the flexibility, the scalability, mm-hmm. but most importantly is the, the associate uh, or employee impact of those types of technologies because they're so user-friendly. The training time is, is so much better and our, mm-hmm. our employees with the, the user interface or that, that engagement with that technology is a very, very positive thing. Yeah. Um, because it's amazing. Some people think of technology and think, well, you're just removing or replacing, you're, you're removing people from your business. Mm-hmm. Well, no, we're just changing the type of work that they're doing to be easier or more effective. And that where we're finding that people are adapting to it so much better than a lot of the, the industry naysayers or, or may, may have contemplated before, mm-hmm. our, our, our employees are excited to interact and engage with this technology because it's, it's such a, a cleaner experience for them. But then, I, and I think the, the last piece of technology uh, and call it technology or, or digitization or that we're focused on is really around analytics. And the reason why I, I couple that into technology is because it's really about machine learning, mm-hmm. uh, AI concepts. You know, there's a lot of machine learning AI concepts in robotics and other things, but right. there's a lot of that machine learning capabilities that allow us to manage the business differently because of the information and the insight that we can get and the foresight that we can get uh, from it, which is, which I think is another big game changer for us, especially in e-commerce that is so reactive to that consumer behavior in such an immediate way right. versus you know, long lead supply chain things. You know, it, it's, you know, it's great, but mm-hmm. when you're talking about minutes rather than, months in your supply chain reaction that that type of predictive analytics concepts is uh, is a, a tremendous value yeah i definitely agree and i talked to locus on the, the show before as well and i've, I've used the locus bot myself at their uh, headquarters in massachusetts so i totally understand the user interface is amazing and training time is is like nothing so it's, it's good to hear actually a use case on how you guys are having a positive uh positive impact from it. And, you know, I think that you're talking about advancing analytics and that's, you know, actually something specifically you mentioned in the, in the article material handling wholesaler article, but you know, it's interesting that you kind of mentioned early on about the microcosms within e-commerce and how 
the machine learning can really help you with that. And, you know, it reminds me of a discussion with someone from IBM talking about their AI platform and how it can look at, you know, all these different little things like what's the weather or political shifts or anything like that that can make some kind of impact on supply chain. And your example of utilizing it for that e-commerce and i love your example earlier of it's raining outside so people are going to go inside and now all of a sudden they're, they're ordering on their phone instead of going to the store because they just you know people just don't want to get wet right so it was really interesting that you you touched on that and i think that i i agree with you definitely that you know the advancing analytics is is something that's going to be a key factor in being able to to deal with the volume and just deal with the overall shifts in consumer behavior. Because I think for, you know, the e-commerce model model to be sustaining, you know, we have to satisfy the consumer with that kind of immediate demand that they want some yeah. things in. Right. And, you know, I guess Amazon has, has pushed a lot of that. It's our way of the Amazon effect, right. of having the same, same day or next day. But in order to sustain that, you know, move away from, primary brick and mortar i think you you have to have that kind of immediate satisfaction in some way so so i'm really happy that you touched on that and you know what do you think is kind of the the future beyond the pandemic maybe what do, what do you think that looks like for the supply chain aspect and e-commerce specifically from, from an analytics standpoint yeah 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 so from an analytic standpoint, I think that, you know, historically within supply chain, we've used history to drive where we go forward. So the mm -hmm. analogy that I always use is we're looking through the rear view mirror to figure out whether we're going down the road in the right way. Mm, like that. uh, and that's a tough way to drive. And what what the analytics agenda is going to do for us is, is getting to that foresight and that predictive analytics through machine learning at such a micro level of information going into into machine learning tools that a human or spreadsheet will never be able to, to would ever be able to put all of those elements of factors into what we believe is going to happen and, and it's going to come across in many different components and, and we're working on a, a series of different use cases we've implemented a series of different use cases as well that that i think changes the way that we manage our business and the way that we can help as a value proposition to our customers, our customers can manage their business. And, and it goes beyond just predicting what's going to sell, when it's going to sell, and so that everything's positioned right. You know, that's a big piece of it, obviously. But there are so many other different elements that you can get into when uh, you're trying to operate a business, such as you know, predicting uh, where we're going to have the best success um, of hiring people for peak season, as an example. I can tell you at, in, at that zip code with this media strategy, with this message or this term used in the message, yeah. I'm going to increase my hit rate on applications by 60%. You know, I, I mean, you start getting into those types of things based on so many different details. It's going to just make us that much more effective. And the same thing will happen in you know, within our walls on inventory management practices. Mm -hmm. We're already doing a great deal there. Why Why do we want to go and send people out to go and cycle count around a building mm -hmm. to tell us where the errors are? Why not have machine learning tell us where the errors are and just go and fix them? Right. And so we're doing those things, at which, which is, you know, it's game-changing when you start thinking about the accuracy and effectiveness you can build in your buildings by having that machine learning give you the information at a 99.5% accuracy rate 
rather than going and having all kinds of people go and just try and find things out right. uh, uh, or react to react to it. And so I, I think that changes the way that we manage our business. And in five years from now, it's going to be standard practice. Mm-hmm. You know? And from there, we're going we're to find other things to, to go in and, and refine and, and do more with. But I just think that it's coming hard and fast. And, and we've created within my e-commerce team, we've created a a dedicated team to focus on those e-commerce use cases for analytics. So we have a dedicated analytics team doing that. As a global organization, DHL has got a very large analytics agenda, but we've created, you know, building off of those tools and, and, and that capability on a global basis, we've built uh, a team just to look at those e-commerce applications and, and, and build out our capability to help, help our customers. Yeah, that's great. That's great that you guys are already on top of that. And I love that. The fact that you mentioned, you know, machine learning being able to to bring the issues to you instead of you going out to find them. Because when you look at analytics and things of that nature now, is it half, well, sometimes more than half the time is, is spent just getting the data, right? And like trying to get, get that together and put it in something. So, you know, to be able to have that delivered to you through machine learning instead of actually having to gather it yourself, you know, it unlocks a lot more potential for just your, your brain power in general and decision making and allows you to be more effective and probably in a more timely manner as well. Now, there was something interesting pointing out there about technology within automated solutions like the Locust Bot helping reduce the training time needed to get new employees started working. This is something I think is a huge step forward as I have felt the pain of having a long training period in my previous experience as well um so i'm curious you know vince you you mentioned something very interesting in in the article actually about how gaming is kind of influencing the technology that uh we're seeing develop in the material handling industry so can can you talk to us a little bit about that and and kind of what you meant with that sure and gaming i think things like smartphones as well even autonomous vehicles but with gaming, you know, the high-end gamers are using these uh, ultra-fast uh, GPUs and things like that. Yeah. And, again, if you're developing autonomous robotic systems like we are, you need a lot of really fast processor power. And that industry is moving quickly. Every 12, 18 months, there's advances uh, that are meaningful. And in our system, lately we've been really thinking step-by-step through a, through a cycle and by the way, people just take it for granted. We're so good at grabbing things and looking into a box and picking an item out and, and setting it somewhere in some organized way. But when you really break down step-by-step step all the variables you're considering and decisions you're making to process the scene, to really understand, oh, this is an item here and one next to it and a different one next to it. And how do you, how do you segment that in your brain and decide how to grab it, move your arms, not bang into things? I mean... There's there's like a million things going on. So if you're trying to do this with a robot autonomously with sensing and vision and so on and do it thousand times a second or more, you know, 1200 or more, you need processing horsepower. There's no two ways about it. So I think, you know, the video gaming and and there's a lot of visualization stuff that goes on there. There's also sensing uh, like uh, what was it? The um, uh, some of the games where uh, we, we have one again. Another thing we do during the pandemic, we have, you know, Xbox nights and yeah. we've been known to do a dance competition downstairs with the cameras sensing how well you're matching the dance moves, oh, you know, okay. yeah. so these kind of depth depth cameras and so on that are now uh, 
available with some of the gaming systems. I mean, they were, then they weren't, then they are. But they're very similar to the kinds of things we use in the robot, right? And in and, and a picking robot. We've publicly said, like, Intel RealSense is one of the suppliers we work with. And, mm-hmm. you know, those cameras are very cost-effective. I mean, you know, dollar per performance and so on. It's, it's a great mix. So, you know, you got GPUs, great stereo, uh, sorry, great depth cameras with color. And, and a robot arm is a different thing. Obviously, most people don't have those at home, but, you know, driven by other industries uh, and yeah. so on. Robot arms have got really affordable. So there's all this great technology that one can build on. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's, it's just improving year over year. We're, you know, I'll, I'll give you a, the, the scoop is we'll, we'll be announcing the next generation of our product in a few weeks. You know, some of the early uh, uh, spring digital trade shows are coming out. And we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about some of the advances that these things are enabling for us and, and our customers. Interesting, interesting. And I, th- I think, you know, I'd be doing the listeners a disservice if I didn't ask you this question right now. Do you have a robotic arm at home? <laughs> I don't, I don't. Sometimes, uh, you know, <laughs> since I've been working from home uh, almost 100%, uh, there are times where it would be good to have one set up in the garage to, to get a video or run a test on something or whatever. Yeah. But no, I do not have one at home at the moment. So. Oh, okay. I just not a bad this. idea. Yeah, because I, yeah. I know you, you know a guy, right? So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I know a guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's so definitely uh, you know very interesting perspective there on the on the gaming side of things, and you know I've kind of noticed this too. You know, working in operations, <clears throat> it's it, very much what's you know happening in I guess we call it the the outside world, like in people's personal lives. It, the technology is is transitioning into the warehouse and material handling industry, as you mentioned, and I mean just like the smartphones you mentioned, it, it, and I think it it really makes people able to kind of adopt to the job more easily and also makes them mm-hmm. makes the training like a little less because it's very similar to things that they're they're already utilizing or, or using in a, in a different way for entertainment and the sense of gaming or just like in their their regular everyday lives all right so very thankful to have gotten the chance to speak to these two for the material handling wholesaler march 2021 issue which can be viewed at mhwmag.com. For more information on DHL, you can go to dhl.com slash allbusinessnoboundaries. And for more information on Right Hand Robotics, head to righthandrobotics.com. All those links will be posted on thenewwarehouse.com. And thank you very much for listening to the show. You've been listening to the New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from The New Warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for The New Warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.